loves me, yes I know, for a back for the real world, you hear me, I'm, they are weak, but he can, yes, Jesus loves me, yes, he loves me, Jesus loves me. The Bible tells me so. might have another special, but I think he misunderstood what I said. <laughs> Amen. Good to be in the house of the Lord this morning. Good to see this good number with us. We thank the Lord again for his bountiful blessings. Thank God for his, just the privilege of being in God's house. Today I want to kind of continue on with the thoughts of Brother Rick this morning, Brother Jim. And I'd like to turn your Bibles to the book of Matthew in chapter 14. Matthew in chapter 14. I thought Brother Jim was going to go ahead and go on down through after the, the feeding of the 5,000 where we come to a point where, you know, the disciples were told that were to go to the other side, to go, to the, uh, uh, the, uh, go across the sea and to the other side. And you know, uh, a lot of times... But the problem with God's people is they don't follow good directions. And they get themselves in trouble. Yeah. You know, the Bible teaches here uh, about, a, about a scene that was upon the sea. It was a turbulent time. Much like we see in our world today, amen? I mean a, a world of turbulence, a world of turmoil and trouble. A lot of times we as God's people look back and, and sometimes we ask the question, why is all this going on? And we begin to blame everybody else besides ourselves. We're quick to tell uh, the wrong of others without looking at our own shortcomings. And upon this scene here, you'll see where Jesus Christ had told his disciples to go to the other side. I mean, it was a given they were going to be on the other side. I mean, Jesus already said, go to the other side. I mean, shouldn't have been a, shouldn't have been a hard thing for them to understand that regardless of what they went through in the, in the meanwhile, they were going to end up on the other side. The problem came... When in the midst of the sea, the Bible says they found themselves in a predicament which caused fear and disruption of their faith, so to speak. I see this all the time today. We see people that things come into their lives and, and immediately they are, they are compassed about with a, a great deal of, of fear because of looking at the earthly scene without remembering that God says, I'm going to be with you all way. Without, the, without the, the remembering that Jesus Christ has already prayed for us. John chapter 17, I believe, is one of the greatest, one of the greatest prayers that you'll ever see. And it was Jesus Christ as he prayed for uh, his children then and the children of today. He said, now I don't only pray for these around me, but I pray also for those that will believe on me through their testimony. I believe that testimony today still carries forth as we, as Christians, live the life that we're supposed to be living. Our testimony and the, and the words that we speak concerning the gospel is, is as a matter of fact, it is the the means by which Jesus Christ, our, our God, our sovereign of the universe, 
takes that gospel message and he uses that gospel message in a way to save his children, to bring his, that he give his son to bring them unto salvation. Now, today's world, we, we tend to think on the economic side of things way too much. I believe we also think on the political side way too much. We need to remember that God's in charge of all these things. Amen? It isn't that we are in charge of it necessarily, but God's in charge. God is still on the throne. There is nothing changed with God. There is, there, as a matter of fact, the Bible speaks about the fact that there is no changing with God. He's the same today as He was yesterday. He's going to be the same tomorrow as well. But as we look at this text, and again, we'd like to welcome our radio audience. It's Brother John Lybrook, pastor of the Emmanuel Missionary Baptist Church at Old Town. That's just outside of Greenup County, out of Carter County. You can get to us by taking Route 1 or Route 7. We have a sign on either end of Laurel Road giving you directions to the meeting house of God's people known as Emmanuel. And we thank you for t- taking time to tune in to WGOH to hear a portion of God's Word. Now, I would, I would ask that you just, maybe today you're, you're in a place where it seems like the waves are just casting up their foam at you. Maybe you're in a position today where you feel like the waves are about to overtake you. Is this not exactly what the, the disciples saw while they were in the, while they were in this little ship? out in the midst of this sea. The Bible states in verse 22, down through verse 33, we'll read this. And I want you to think about it, and think about my title, When the Waters Stir Up the Foam. You all have seen this in maybe in, in areas where, you know, you maybe you've seen a flood and, and the water was just absolutely churning beyond measure. And, and you see a, a great deal of foam that would begin to build up around a swirl hole or something. That foam speaks of, a, of turbulent waters. It speaks of a, of a place where there is, where it is dangerous unto life and health. But I want you to notice God is still on the scene. God is still in this place. And even though we may look in the world today and we may think, wow, you know, what in the world are we going to do? Listen, God's still on the throne, folks. You're saved by the grace of God. You have uh, this hope that the Lord cares for his own. I go back to Psalm 23, which I referred to last week. Brother Jim uh, spoke on just a moment a, a little while ago. Psalm 23 is a psalm for the Christian. You know, most times, the only time you hear Psalm 23 is during a funeral. But I want you to know there's so much more in this than, than what meets the eye, than what most people get into. Psalm 23 is a promise of provision. Psalm 23 is a promise of companionship. Psalm 23 is a promise that regardless of what you're going through in life, Our Lord's with us. Now, we see the same thing here in the book of Matthew in chapter 14 where the Bible says in verse 22, in straightway, Jesus constrained his disciples. Now again, this is just after the feeding of the 5,000 that Brother Jim brought out just a moment ago. At the end of this great service, at the end of this great time, and today, you know, you know, you may be thinking about yesteryear. You may be thinking about some of the great revivals that Emmanuel Baptist Church has been through. You may be stopping in even right now and considering the fact that uh, of seeing uh, six, seven, eight souls being saved by the grace of God in, 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 in a service. You may be sitting here today thinking about that great time when, when the Lord uh, 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 completely overwhelmed us with blessings that 
You know, a lot of times we, I mean, we are just thankful to see uh, a, a, a soul being brought to the Lord. You know, it's like, it's like uh, as, as these disciples, as they looked at what they had, you know, they, they had the, the loaves and the fishes and, and that was enough for them. But when all these 5,000 came around, listen, there was a need, wasn't there? There was a need for blessings and that's what we see in our world today and in our churches today. We see a great need for, for, for blessings of God and, and for a great time of revival again. Who's to say? But what that could happen in this house today. You know, that's, that's my prayer every, every morning uh, as I go to my place of prayer and I go to uh, uh, this, this prayer closet of mine. Every day as I'm, as I'm praying, I'm praying God, I'm praying save uh, every lost soul that comes into that house. You know what that is? My prayer. I don't know who the Lord's children are. I'm just told to preach the gospel, amen. And I'm told to, to, uh, as I, as I, as I have a desire to see lost souls saved, all to have a desire to see all of them saved by the grace of God. And I do have that desire. I have a desire to see all of our young people saved by God's grace. I have a desire to see our young couples and their husbands or their wives, whatever the case may be, I have a desire to see them saved by God's grace. Is there anything too hard for God? <laughs> Brother Jim, I appreciate that. There's nothing too hard for God. God is able even this very morning to take, to take the, the few uh, uh, meager words that I speak from the Word of God and, and He can take that and, and cause uh, uh, the lost to come to life and, and His Holy Spirit can quicken them and bring them to life if it, be, if it so be His will. I'm praying that that's the Lord's will today. Amen. I'm praying that the Lord will bring salvation. But here the Bible says that straightway Jesus constrained his disciples to get in a ship and to go before him unto the other side while he sent the multitudes away. Now here was the, here was the command of the Lord. You all get in the boat and go ahead and go on over. Now, Nowhere in this verse of Scripture does it say that Jesus was going to eventually board a boat and head to the other side either. Jesus had a miraculous way of getting there though. The Bible goes on to say in verse 23, And when he had sent the multitudes away, he went up into a mountain apart to pray. And when the evening was come, he was there alone. Now I want you to get verse 24 because I think it's very important. Verse 24 says, But the ship was now in the midst of the sea, tossed with waves, for the wind was contrary. The wind was contrary. And in the fourth watch, now this fourth watch is the darkest part of the day. In the night, uh, in, the, in the depths of uh, just before daybreak, in the fourth watch, we know that it is one of the most darkest times. Folks, I want you to know something today. Every last one of us may go through some dark times. There may be a time in our lives where we go through the fourth watch. It may be a time when we feel like it's the darkest moment in our lives. But notice what it says in verse 25. In the, in the darkest part of the night when the, when the sea was tossed to and fro, when the, when the winds were contrary and the waves were boistering up foam. Verse 25 says, And in the fourth watch of the night Jesus went unto them walking on the sea. And when the disciples saw him walking on the sea, they were troubled, saying, It is a spirit. And they cried out for fear. You know, sometimes when God is willing to make a blessing upon us, we don't even recognize it, do we? Amen. 
A lot of times we see things happen in our lives and we, we look at it as a, as a point in a place of trouble and yet God meant it for good for you. We don't know what those times are going to be in our lives. We don't know about when, you know, uh, we may look at, at, at the loss of life as, as a terrible, most, uh, one of the most atrocity times in our lives, but yet with God... The loss of life here may be the beginning of a life up yonder. The Bible teaches us here, now listen what it says. In verse 27 it says, But straightway Jesus spake unto them, saying, Be of good cheer, it is I, be not afraid. And Peter answered him and said, if it, Lord, if it be thou, bid me to come to thee on the water." You know, Peter was always that one that was a little bit, you know, you know, a lot of times Peter gets a bad rap. You know, he was the first one to lash out at the, at the, at the priest when they began, when they come after Jesus. He was a, he was one that would, he was a little bit brass in his, in his speech sometimes. And that's what a lot of people like to remember about Peter. But listen, Peter had, Peter had something on these other guys. And there's something I want you to get a hold of here. Peter had something that, that I believe uh, 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 spoke very highly of his character. None of the other men said, Lord, if it be you, I want to walk on the water. But Peter was the first one that said, Hey, bid me to come unto thee. And the Bible says in verse 29, And he said, Well, come. And when Peter would come down out of the ship, he walked on the water to go to Jesus. Now, folks, I'll tell you, this is a, a very a, a miraculous moment in the life of Peter, and actually, it's a miraculous moment in the life of all the other disciples that were watching him. Can you just imagine that as he stepped down and began to walk on the water, can you imagine what they were thinking? Could you imagine that maybe their faith began to be to be shored up just a little bit more. Hey, Peter's walking on the water. Peter's on the water. But notice when Peter began to have a little problem again, just like you and I. You know, you and I, we have those, those up on the mountaintop, you know, moments. It's, it's the times when when everything seems to be going just right, when everything is, is, is absolutely what they call peaches and cream. I don't much care for peaches and cream. I like strawberries myself. But, but listen, everything was going just right. Then what did he do? The Bible states right here in verse 30, but when he saw, amen, when he saw the wind boisterous, and the, only, and the only reason he saw the wind being boisterous because he took his eyes off the Lord. Yeah. And sometimes that's when we have our darkest moments, amen? Sometimes it's when, when the trouble begins to come in and, and all the noise around us gets our attention. You know, today there's a lot of noise being raised, folks. I want you to know that. There's a lot. And I want you to know that it's taken a lot of the eyes off of the Lord as far as Christianity is concerned. Today there's people that are just overwhelmed. As Brother Jim said this morning, listeners, people that are just overwhelmed because the supply chain is not what it should be. And it's robbing them of joy. You know, I'll be honest with you. I mean, it's kind of aggravating. My son's car broke down, and it and it's just a simple, it's just a, it's just a simple thing. It's a transmission module. In other words, it's a little computer board for the transmission. And do you know? Now it's the only car he's got. But do you know that that one piece? Is on back order for five months to a year. <laughs> I'm telling you, if you could let it now, if you let it, it could get you, it could get you tore up. Yeah. 
I'm thankful that that Aaron, as as he as he, you know, sure. I mean, sure. There, there's. I mean, he he's got a job. He's got to keep. He's he's got he's got to go to the grocery store. He's got to do all these things. He's got to go do. He's banking. He ain't got a car. I mean, things like this could destroy your joy. But you know what? The only reason it destroys your joy is because you've taken your eyes off the Lord. The Lord is able, amen? The Lord is able to provide. Now, we were, we were fine. I mean, he was using our car. I was using my truck. I, have, I got a truck that I, that I can drive. I got a second vehicle. <laughs> you notice I ain't been driving my truck for a while. My old truck broke down. Can you believe that? I was, uh, I had the, the wrecker man to come and get it on a rowback truck and he said, man, you you having trouble with transmissions like this. My transmission, it was uh, here again. His solenoid went out of the transmission. You know, that little thing that kicks it into shifting. Now, I was, when that thing happened, I, I mean, we were coming to church last Sunday morning, wasn't it? I jump in the truck, pull her down in gear, and she just sits there. I thought, well, that ain't right. I thought, you know, surely this thing is warm enough, it should just take right off. You know, sometimes on that diesel truck, that transmission's got to warm up till before it takes off. Put her in reverse. Ain't got nothing. I'm sitting there and I'm revving it up, and I thought, I better get it out of reverse. I'm going to end up going back in the house if it does kick in. So I put her back in drive. I try again. Folks, it didn't work. It just sat there. So I had to get on the phone. I had to call my son. I said, hey, we need the car. We need the car now. We're going to be late for church. You know, little things like that could have, could have destroyed my joy. It could have been a fact that, that yeah, we've got, we've got things going on. And it could have robbed me of some joy and some peace. But you know what? I'm high at peace with it. God's in, God's in control. You know what? I've had, I've had friends. I've had, I've had folks just, you know, offer me a car or what have you. Listen, if I need it, I know I've got a place to go now. I've got a place that I can go and, and borrow a vehicle if I need to because I've already been told anything you want, just come and get it. Folks, I want you to know something. God's in charge. God's in control. But here, as these men were going across this sea, and listen, I'll get through my introduction here in just a moment. <laughs> but I, I was just, I was just looking at this, and I was, I was so thankful how that God blesses His children. Now, the Bible says, as as He looked, as Peter looked, and he saw the winds being boisterous, it told me, number one, when he was when he was walking on the water, he had his eyes on the Lord. He was looking at him. He was talking to him. Listen, if you're going through some troubles, you know what you need to be? You need to be on your knees. You need to be talking to the Lord. You need to have your eyes fixed upon the heavens and be praying, God, I need you today. I need your help today. Regardless of what you're going through, listen, the Bible teaches us here. And notice what it says, and immediately as, 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 as Peter began to sink, you ever been in that position where you know that you were going down? You knew that when your faith began to, to, to be attacked by Satan, when, when, when your faith began to be attacked by all the problems of life, you began to sink. Your joy and your peace began to take a hit, so to speak. And Peter, as he took his eyes off the Lord and he began to look at the troubled seas around him, just like you and I, listen, we're not, we're not immune to this. This happens to all of us from the preacher right on out the back door. Listen, I want you to know there's times in my life when, when I've took my eyes off the Lord because of the troubled seas in front of me. And what happened? I began to sink. I began to have problems. I began to feel the worthlessness of myself because I felt like God had forsaken me. But yet, 
I know what God's Word says, and God says, I'll never forsake you. You know, you come to your senses just like Peter did. And Peter, when he came to his senses, he didn't keep on sinking. He cried out unto the Lord. He said, Lord, save me. You ever been in that position? You ever been in a place where the troubles of life begin to overwhelm you to such a degree that you had to cry out, Lord, I need you, save me. The Bible says in verse 31, and immediately Jesus stretched forth his hand and he called him and he said unto him, O thou of little faith, wherefore didst thou doubt? You know what? I, I, I dare say that every saved child of God has been in this position. Well, we have allowed our faith to fail. When we've allowed our faith to become little, the Lord says, why are you doubting me? I've told you I will provide. You know, Matthew chapter 6, we go back there from time to time, and we see how God says, I will provide all your needs. I'll feed you. I'll shelter you. I'll care for you. I will protect you. I'll be your shield. I'll be your buckler. Listen, that's where the Christian needs to come to today. And when they were come to the ship, the wind ceased. And then they that were in the ship came and worshipped him, saying, Of a truth, thou art the Son of God. I do want to bring a message this morning entitled, When the Waters Stir Up the Foam. Oh, most gracious and divine Heavenly Father, Lord, as we bow before your throne today, we do so with thankful hearts. We thank you, dear God, that in times of trouble, we always have you to turn to. And actually, it's not just in times of trouble, it's every day of our life. We've never been left alone. You've always been by our side. And I pray, Father, that you will help us to be mindful of this. Dear God, I pray that you will open our eyes to our needs. Help us, dear God, this very morning. I pray, Father, that you would open, our, open us up to, to see even though the, the world is in such a shape around us. There's trouble on every hand, and yet, oh God, thou art still on the throne there's nothing that is catching you by surprise. Everything is determined by thy predeterminate counsel. And we know that thy will will be had. Father, I pray that you bless your children today. Help us to be, help us to be strong in our faith. And Father, for those that may be here who do not know you, who do not have a place to go in times of trouble, I pray, Father, that you will open their eyes. And help them to see where salvation can be such more than just an escape from hell. The salvation is the very beginning of having that continual companionship with you. Lord, I pray that you will bless, you will open the eyes of the blind, unstop their ears that they may hear. We might see salvation in this house today, but not only that, but that thy people may find a time of rejoicing. Lord, bless us, and Father, forgive us our sin, in Christ's name, amen. You know, we as God's people have a bright opportunity to be a real light in the world around us. Brother Rick said it well this morning as he was given his devotion. You know what people see in us is a true witness of what we really are. It is our opportunity to be a light in this dark world around us. It is our opportunity this very morning to be an inspiration to other Christians who are going through troubled waters just by our way we handle the foam that's being stirred up around us. 
We need to be a faithful people leaning on our Lord by faith. And by faith we can be that stable ground that our families and our communities and yes, even our church family can really look to in times of need. In Matthew 14, 24, the Bible declares, but the ship was now in the midst of the sea. They were in trouble. They were tossed with the waves and the wind was contrary. These disciples were in a fix surrounded by turmoil and a raging sea. Kind of reminds me of the song we sing here from time to time. Master, the tempest is raising. is one of those songs that really takes some good set of lungs to do. But we sing that song, Master, the tempest is raging. The billows are tossing. The skies are shadowed with blackness. No shelter or help is nigh. Then we ask the question in the song, Carest thou not that we perish? You know, I can just imagine even as, as Jesus was uh, uh, in, in the, another scene where Jesus was in the ship and, and, and the, a great storm came up upon the sea and, and Jesus was laying there asleep and they came to him and they said, Master, carest thou not that we perish? And again, Jesus Christ, I mean, here is the Lord of Lords and the King of Kings and here is the Savior of mankind and, and these disciples and they, they ask him a question, don't you care? How often is it that we act the same way? And I mean, how often seriously is it that we, when we begin to have troubles in our lives, how often is it that we come to a place where we look at the Lord and, and in our in our most pious and I'll use air quotes humble way of praying, we say, Lord, don't you care? Don't you care that we're hurting? This is just the way the disciples were feeling this day, much much like we uh, may be feeling in the midst of our troubled seas right now as we look at the the things that were mentioned by Brother Jim this morning, and you know, we think about we think about the things like uh, the supply chains and 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 the cost of medication, uh, the cost of uh, of food and, and gasoline, and inflation at a forty year high. And everybody's hurting, and everybody's uh, pinching pennies wherever they can. And today, as I was sitting in in, in my in my study, and I was going over this message, uh, I, I began to think about some of the things that uh, had been told to me in the last couple of days about medication and about the cost of it. And I began to think about, Lord, these people are hurting. There's people that are struggling. There's people that, that, that are having a hard way to go and, and they're, they're sort of like in the, in the midst of the sea, in the midst of turmoil, in the midst of trouble and crisis. Listen, our political system is in a crisis, I'm telling you. The political world is in a crisis today and, 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 and so many people putting all their stock into a man when they ought to be putting all their faith into the Lord. You that are saved by the grace of God, you need to remember that God is on the throne and He puts in charge and He puts in power those whom He wants to put in power. Amen. I still believe that. Yes. It ain't always pleasing to me, but I'm just a human being and I am a sinful human being to, to boot. I sit and I think about the times and, and the things that we are viewing in our, in our society today. But I want you to notice with me, first of all, I, I think we need to get a hold of this. We, uh, I, I don't have very much time left on the radio, but I want you to think, that's a long introduction, wasn't it? My goodness, 45 minute introduction. It really wasn't. We had songs in between there. I would say a half hour anyhow. But I want you to think about what, what, 
what we're looking at here today. We're looking at the foam-tossed waters around us. It speaks of turbulent times. Now, as we're going into a as we're going into a a place, you know, when the when the Lord sent these men across the sea, it doesn't say anything about bad weather that they that they were having at the time. As a matter of fact, I believe it was a, a place of tranquility. I believe it, I believe the seas were calm at the very moment that they were sent across. And to get all the way out in the middle, we're talking seven to eight miles is, is, is according to what the, uh, uh, the, the notes uh, uh, read about uh, as far as the sea is concerned at that time. They were seven to eight miles out in the darkness. Then all of a sudden a storm begins to come up in our life. Listen, I want you to know, child of God, there's a mission and, and, and the Lord said, you all go to the other side. Listen, we're going to the other side. Regardless of where you're at in life right now, if you're saved by the grace of God, you're going to the other side. Amen? He's already promised that. He's already stated, listen, you're saved by the grace of God. We're going to the other side. We're going to heaven one day. It's in the middle of our life, it seems, that we, we seem to have problems. You know, right when you think you've got everything figured out. Right when you think everything is going your way. It seems like the waters begin to churn. It seems like the wind begins to blow. And, and the Bible again says that the winds were boisterous. They were, they were contrary. In other words... That word contrary in the Greek is defined as wind that is, that is blowing against something. They were going headlong into the storm. But the mission was go to the other side. Go to the other side. Folks, I, I'll tell you, you're heaven bound. You're saved by the grace of God. You're heaven bound. Listen, we're going to the other side. We're going to go through some storms in life. But know this, God says, I'll be with you and I'll never forsake you. Amen. Folks, that's a joy to my heart. If you're here today and you don't know that kind of joy, it's because you're not saved by the grace of God. Listen, the Bible says those that are saved by the grace of God have the hope and the peace that passeth all understanding. When your troubled waters begin to churn, you need to rely upon the Lord. Amen. Is that not what Peter done? I mean, Peter, he were, here he was. And, and I could just imagine as the storm, as the boat began to shift and, and began to sway in the wind and the waves were really casting up good, good waves. You know, I get motion sickness. I mean, I can get on a crooked road that I haven't been on before and if I ain't driving, I'm sick. I could be on a road that I know very well. And if I ain't driving, I'm sick. If the wrong person's driving, I get sick. That's as far as I'm going with that. But I want you to know something. These men were in the, were in the very thick of it. And the thing that I want you to notice is, is Peter. Now, immediately these men saw this Jesus Christ as a spirit. They, they thought, man, there's some kind of spirit out here on this storm. Peter said, Lord, if it be thou, bid me to come to thee. And when Jesus Christ said, come, Peter didn't even hesitate, did he? I mean, here he was, he was on a, a perfectly sound boat. I mean, it was still floating. And Jesus Christ said, come on to me. Peter gets down out of the boat and, and listen, there has to be a moment to, when, he, when his foot touched the water and he was there, on, it was solid. Can you just imagine what Peter thought? Folks, I want you to know something. That's what the Lord's doing to us today. He's telling us, listen, you're going to the other side. You may be going through some problems now, but know this. He says, you come unto me. The very moment you by faith step, step out toward the Lord for help, he holds you up. He holds you up. 
The Bible states in, in again in 1422, and straightway Jesus constrained his disciples to get into a ship and to go before him to the other side. And while he sent the multitudes away, listen, the mission was the disciples were going to the other side, as I said. Notice the blessing that we the children of God have in the midst of the storms of our life. I believe we're in a storm even now. I'll tell you, you stand for truth, you're going to walk through a storm. You stand for truth, you're going to, you're going to be ridiculed, you're going to be assaulted verbally, you're going, to, you're going to have people that are saying all kinds of things about you. If you stand for truth, you're going to find out you're going to, you're going to have troubles along the way. You're going to have family that's going to uh, uh, completely walk away from you and disown you because of truth. You know this. That's a, that's a perilous time, isn't it? I mean, can you just imagine that? I don't know how many of you might have ever had to go through such a thing. But listen, when somebody in your family says, I don't want anything else to do with you because of what you believe, listen, that's a trouble. It breaks your heart, doesn't it? But know this. God's still on the throne. You stay with the stuff. You stay with what, what the Bible says. And listen, you'll be blessed beyond measure in the end. You'll be blessed beyond measure. There are those today, the wicked and abominable, that are calling right wrong and wrong right. And they're disagreeing with every Christian that says that they believe what the Bible says. Listen, I want you to know something. You can disagree with me all you want. It will not change the word of God. It will not change the decrees of God. And God says some things are just an abomination and you need to know that. Listen, I want you to know today, God's word hasn't changed. You're going to go through some storms, but listen, the mission is already there. He says, I'm going to be with you. I'm going to be with you. Now, I want you to think about this secondly. Notice the the maliciousness of the storm. I kind of got on this just now, but they started off with tranquil seas and then in the midst of the sea, the sea was contrary. Right in the midst of our lives, right in the midst of our relative calm, a, a storm might arise. What are we to do when the great storms come into our lives and upset everything? We're to place all of our faith and trust in the Lord. Amen. In the midst of the sea. Nobody else may be able to help you. I'd like to think that I can do anything. I'd like to think for my children and my wife that I, would, I could do anything. But there are certain things that a man just cannot do. There are certain things that a human being just cannot take care of. That's when you need, you need to know that the Lord's on your side. Amen. You need to know that the Lord is on your side because there's malicious times going to come upon you. The Bible speaks about the description of the wind that it was contrary. Again, in the Greek it is in, in, in Nantios and it means to be uh, 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 against something or opposite of or headlong in. When you're doing right, you know that you're on the right side. You're saved by the grace of God and you're following this book. You know that this is the right path. Amen? Amen. Thursday morning in our annual prayer meeting as we come here to the the church house on Thanksgiving morning every, every year we come in and, and all the men and the young saved men that are gathered in this house listen we have prayer this time we sang, we sang a song we opened up with a song and I liked it faith of our fathers folks I want you to know something today these children around here need to see faith in their fathers they need to see faith in their mothers. They need to see faith in their grandparents. They need to see somebody they can lean on and look up to. Even in times of trouble.
The Bible speaks about the fact that they were in the fourth watch, in the darkest moment, at our very weakest time in life, our most vulnerable time, when we're feeling all alone. Have you been there? Folks, I want you to know I've been in a place where I felt and I feel ashamed of it even when I think about it. But there's times in my life when I felt like nobody was there. Nobody cared. But the Lord cares. Amen. Amen. That's the reason John 17 means so much to me. That as Jesus Christ was praying that great prayer for his children, he never left out you and I of the New Testament era in which we are today. He says, even for them that shall believe. That's you and me, my friend. He says, I pray for them also. I pray for them also. Listen. There are many problems in our lives even today. As I said a moment ago, there's, there's a 40-year high inflation rate. I mean, 40 years since it's been like it is today. There's food and medical prices that are through the roof. Gas prices are skyrocketing. Good and right being persecuted by the evils of sin and Satan. But I want you to notice when Jesus came on the scene, you go back to, to our text and here the Bible says, and immediately Jesus stretched forth his hand and he caught him and he said, O thou of little faith, wherefore didst thou doubt? And when they were come into the ship, the wind ceased. Right when you need him the most, he's always going to be there. Not just when you need Him the most, but every moment of your life, the Lord is going to be there. Because He says, I'll never leave you, and I'll never forsake you. Jesus Christ comes walking in right when we need Him. He walks on the sea of our troubles. We serve the Lord of creation. Amen. He can do anything. There is nothing too hard for our God. Our sovereign Savior is the coming is the coming power of the raging sea around us. He says again <laughs> when everybody was all tore up. He looked at him and as he was standing out on the out in the storm. He was in the midst of the storm. Now he was in a place outside the ship, the place of protection. He was out there in the storm. And he said, Listen, it is I. Be of good cheer. Folks, sometimes the Lord's in the storm. Sometimes the Lord's in the hardships. Sometimes the Lord's in the, in the heartaches. But he says, be of good cheer. It is I. I'm here. Be not afraid. I asked this question once before and I'll ask it again. My last, my last point is I've got maybe three or four minutes left. I want you to think about this. Again, I want you to notice the miracle here. I want you to notice everything that's transpiring here. In verses 28 and 29 of our text, again, we see this where it says, And Peter answered him and said, Lord, if it be thou, bid me to come unto thee on the water. And he said, Come. And when Peter was come down out of the ship, he walked on the water to go to Jesus. Let me ask you something today. Are you one who stays on the sea-tossed boat? Or are you one who walks on the water with the Lord? Sometimes it seems like a safe place to be is on the boat. But the safest place to be is by the Lord's side. 
It may look turbulent out there, and it may be it may be a, a place and time in your life when you may be thinking, I don't know how much more of this I can handle. You may be willing to stay in the boat, but you know this, the safest place to be is by the Lord's side. Are you a pessimist? You, are, you know, I, I see people like this all the time. They're always looking for the worst thing in life. They're always looking for the, you know, they're always wanting to be a Karen. Is that what they, is that what they say? I better be careful because there might be a Karen in here. I mean, a name, not a person. <laughs> But it seems like, you know, there are those that always wants to, to look at the, the, the downside of everything. Now, I don't know about you, but I believe that, uh, uh, I believe looking at the, the upside of things is a whole lot better than looking at the downside. I kind of enjoy looking at the upside, amen? I, I'm kind of an optimist. I can see, uh, I can see uh, uh, what can happen in, in a good way out of most situations, most of them, I say. But I want you to think about this now. Are you positive or are you negative? We need to work, we need to learn how to walk on the water with the Lord a little bit more. We need to get out of the boat a, a little bit. We need to get out of our troubles and, and quit putting so much weight on our troubles and look to, the, look to the Savior of the troubles. Look to the one who's able to take us a lot further than what we can ourselves. You know, Peter, just like us sometimes, became afraid of, maybe it, you know, maybe it just like Jesus said, you know, where's your faith at? You've got some little faith there, old bud. There was a dilemma here. When Peter took his eyes off the Lord, he began to sink. Are you now, maybe, I don't know. I don't know uh, so much the personal, the depths of the personal lives of our church family, but this one thing I do know. I know we all have down times. I know we all have things that come in our lives that kind of takes away our peace and our joy. We begin to sink, don't we? Don't sink in despair. Know this, know that the Lord is on the throne, amen? He's still in charge and He still has all I'm one of those guys that really believe that God has a plan for my life. I don't know, you know, the things that I go through in life. You know, people look at me and, and, and they, you know, I hear people say all the time, man, you're so sick all the time, what's going on with you? You know, I don't know. The Lord's got a, the Lord's got a thing going on though. The Lord's got all this in control. I mean, I can come up here and I can preach my heart out and feel great. The Lord's got everything under control. The Lord's in charge of all of our lives. He has a plan for our lives. And the best thing that we can do is get in line with Him. Stay by His side. And be faithful. Be of good cheer, He says. It is I. Be not afraid. Folks, I'll tell you today, to us that are saved, that ought, to, that ought to bring joy to our hearts. He says, don't be afraid. I'm by you. You stay by me. Don't be afraid. This is only design. What's the design for? For His glory, number one. For our betterment. You say, well, what if you, you know, what happens when people die? Well, <laughs> you know, I've heard people say, you know, when they ask you how you're doing, and, and they say, well, I'm doing good. I'm six feet up. How great would it be to be six foot under and up in heaven? <laughs> Amen. I mean, seriously. 
What better life could you have than to be with the Lord all the time for, for, for all eternity? Somebody will look at me and say, well, you're awful morbid. I, I ain't wanting to die today. But if I do, I'm going to be happy about it. Amen. Amen. I'm going to be in heaven. Yeah. I'm going to be with my Savior. I'm going to be with the Lamb that was slain before the foundation of the world. You know, again, I go back to Revelation. <laughs> Folks, I cannot get away from that scene where, where all around the throne, all the people were jubilant and joyful. John began to cry because even there, nobody was able to open the seals of the book. But up in the midst, amen, in the midst of all the celebration, in the midst of all that was going on, up to the Lamb as He had been slain. There's a key words there. As He has been slain, as He was slain. You say, well, what's that mean? I believe that this is what it means. According to God's Word, I believe, I believe without a shadow of a doubt that our Savior, you know, a thousand years is a, is a day and a day is a thousand years with the Lord. Amen? Time is irrelevant. He's up in the midst of the throne as a lamb slain. You're going to see Him as that sacrificial lamb that was on Calvary for you and for me. You're going to see him as he, as he bled and suffered and died in the darkness. You're going to see him. And I dare say that when you see him as that lamb slain, folks, you're going to rejoice forevermore because he was able. He's able today. He's able to calm your storms and your troubled water. May God help you. If you don't know the Lord is your Savior, I'm praying for your soul today. I'm praying that God will open your eyes. I'm praying that God will quicken you. That God will bring you unto Himself. That's what it's going to take. That's what it, that's the only thing it that's the only way that salvation comes. The Lord calls you unto Himself. May God help you today. I pray that God will call you out of darkness. And bring you into the marvelous light where you can have safety. Let's all stand, please. Almost gracious and divine Heavenly Father, Lord, as we bow before your throne today, we do thank you for the blessed truth. That's found in your word. The Father, even though the storms of life may be raging around us, we have thee and thy protection. As long as our eyes are fixed upon you. Lord, bless us today and help us, dear God, in our dark moments to look to, thee, to, look to thee. Help us in the most troubled hours of our night. In the fourth watches of our night. Help us, dear God, to know that you're by our side. I pray for the lost around us today, Lord, that they may come to know Thee as Savior. And Father, I pray that You will open their eyes. You will go to the place where this human being can never go. Into the depths of their spiritual darkness and depraved heart. And Lord, bring them unto salvation. Blessed Lord, I pray. Forgive us our sin in Jesus Christ's name. and Amen. We'll have our song leader to come.